Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And of course, you could also download the iHeartRadio app, punch in our coordinates, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and take us with you anywhere you go. Or you may be listening on one of the other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth. We welcome you. Or if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or on our SoundCloud, we welcome all our listeners. And I would like to also welcome my next guest to the show today. And he is here to talk to us about scammers. Scammers that take it, that can take advantage of individuals and small businesses during tax season. And uh, he's here to maybe give us some ideas that could help us with uh, ways to protect ourselves, protect yourself and or your business. Tony Anscombe is the Chief Security Evangelist at ESAT, a global leader in IT security software, and he's here, as I say, to talk about the steps that individuals and businesses can take to protect ourselves during the tax season, and I guess throughout the year. It just happens to be tax season, and perhaps that uh, scammers are out there a little more prevalent at this time, and we'll ask him about that. Is that something that we are seeing uh, that they are specifically looking for to take advantage of? So it's a pleasure to welcome Tony and welcome him to the show. Tony. Hey, great to be here, David. Now, Tony, the first thing I'd like to ask you about, two things. One, can you tell us something about ESET, the the company that you work for? Sure. So what most of us understand about cybersecurity is the the piece of software that we run on our laptops or on our phones is anti-malware software. So ESET is a long-standing company in that technology sector. So we've been around for 30 plus years. So from those very first early viruses, uh, and we're, we're actually a European company with offices all over the world today, and obviously in Toronto and in Montreal. And we produce uh, antivirus software for the uh, you know for the for ease of describing it, but actually it's a lot more complex than that these days. It's uh, cybersecurity anti-malware software, and it it works in the cloud and on the device. And we work from all the way from actually something my mum might run on her laptop, Mm. on a Windows laptop or her phone, all the way through to huge enterprises with what's known as endpoint detection and response software. So big corporate solutions as well, and everything in between. Mm. The other thing is I want to ask you about is chief security, under, I understand that, chief head of chief security, but evangelist, why that name in there? That sounds a little odd to me. <laughs> it, it's, it typically makes people smile, uh, <laughs> but if you think about cybersecurity, one of the big components of cybersecurity, in fact, one of the most important components, you know, technology is a piece of it, but the big component is actually awareness and education mm. because Actually, if you look at data breaches and some of the fraud that happens, it's human behavior that actually changes the luck of the cyber criminal and and causes an incident or causes somebody to be defrauded of their cash. So actually having people like me out there creating awareness and educating people and talking about these issues helps people understand how they should protect themselves and how they should be a little more vigilant. Right. Okay. Now you just used an interesting term there as well when you said uh, it's the act of human behavior. What do you mean by that? Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, if we look at, uh, for for example, let's take uh, ransomware attacks on organizations. They often typically start through a phishing email or a a malware-laden email, less so the malware-laden email, I think, these days. But 
phishing emails that are trying to grab people's credentials or gain access or gain people's information so that actually a cyber criminal can then gain access to a corporate network. So we, we are unfortunately targeted to give up our data. And whether that data is our personal data or, or access to a corporate network, it's just an unfortunate happening. Social engineering is probably the best term that's used in the industry for it. I would like to ask you, because you mentioned this off the top as well, it's it's a, a cloud-based system. You download this. Of course, we used to get them on CDs or we used to purchase them. You can still purchase, but you purchase the license and it's good for a year or two. Uh, what is the advantage of, of going to the cloud? Well, firstly, anti-malware software has always been a subscription. Mm. So whether you went off to a physical shop 25 years ago and purchased an actual physical box... Mm. Um, and go back a year later, therefore you're subscribing each year. Mm. So it, there's no real change. It's just once it becomes online, I think it becomes a little bit more understood that it's subscription. Right. But the difference between off, you know, offline protection uh, as it was back then and now online protection as in cloud and continually connected. So there's several, there's several benefits to that. So we have um, a security research team who are continually looking for threats. Mm. And when they see a threat come in, you know, we can add the dynamics of that threat to our detection mechanisms. Mm. And of course, because everybody's connected, that means that detection gets pushed out very quickly. Yes, And it's a, it's a, a community approach. So if your machine sees something that is suspicious and reports it that we should look at it further, mm. then... You know, we look at it further, and then that ends up on everybody's machine. So there's mm. a community element of protection as well. Right. But also what happens when something lands on your machine that actually your machine doesn't have the resources or the the ability to actually look at it in depth? Right. Well, it can send it to a cloud system, and the cloud system can use servers and resources that actually you just can't do right. uh, locally. And you know, we can... I'd say trash the systems in the cloud when looking at it. And what I mean by that is you fire up a virtualized environment, inspect whatever it was that's suspicious, you pass the detection, the, the, um, you, know, you pass the detection result, and it might not be a detection, you pass the result back to the client, and then you spin down that virtualized environment and kill it. So if it was malicious, it doesn't go anywhere else. You know, something else that comes to mind as you were talking there, I was thinking about a number of years ago, I remember hearing about uh, counterfeiters, uh, people that, uh, that that counterfeit bills, for instance, and how sophisticated they were getting. And of course, that means that the, the systems that produce the legitimate dollars that we use have to get more sophisticated to stay on top and always be one step ahead of those people that are trying to counterfeit the money that they want to use. And it's a back and forth system. Is this a similar kind of thing? So actually, I think um, some. Uh, let's give me. Let me give you some statistics because mm. I think this puts it in true context. Back in 2018, there was a, a gentleman called Dr. Michael McGuire that gave a presentation at RSA, one of the cybersecurity industry's biggest events of the year, and he had done extensive research on the the cost of cyber uh, cyber crime to uh, business and society, and he'd mm. come up with this massive number back then of $2 trillion, wow. which sounds like a huge number. It sounds like a huge number, and it is a huge number even today. Mm. But what was interesting is in 2020, uh, the World Economic Forum had carried out similar research, 
and they they posted at six trillion dollars. Wow! So between 2018 and 2020, six you know there was a a three x increase in the value of cybercrime to the cyber criminals or the cost of business. So. When we think of cyber criminals, I think we all have this view that this, this some person in the back of a garage somewhere in the cold, you know, with lots of screens in front of them in the dark, and they've got a hoodie on, and it, because that's <laughs> how Hollywood has kind of portrayed right, it. Right. And I think to a certain degree we visualize it that way. A six trillion dollar business doesn't behave or act that way. Right. It is a business. Sure. So these cyber criminals, this is how they make their their living. Right. You know, there are teams of them. Yeah. They run campaigns, yeah. So we need to think. Of, you need to think of it as a business. Mm -hmm. And actually, cybersecurity companies are, you know, fighting against the resources that these businesses have. Mm. You know, that brings to mind, of course. Also, we've heard about some of these things in the past, and I think it was a number of years ago where we saw um, a, a number of. I think Canadians were being targeted, and it ended up that it was coming from India. Um, I believe. Is this global or is this more homegrown kind of stuff or, or does it matter anymore? I don't think that really, where it comes from, I'm not sure is is that relevant. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, what the internet has done is it's it's flattened the world because mm. I you can be anywhere. Right. As long as you've got an internet connection, you can pretty much be anywhere in the world and actually appear to be anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So you can connect through a, a, another node and, and look like you're somewhere else, as, yeah. as we all do right. on occasion with VPNs to keep ourselves secure. Um, so where it comes from, I'm not so sure. Uh, but if, if, well, if somebody was setting up a business of this nature, it's likely that they're going to try and base that business in a country where uh, the, you know, the jurisdiction doesn't allow for extradition. It, Mm. extradition mm. or the laws are slightly weaker right. or they're going to try and make it hide it under somebody else's banner if that makes mm. sense because right. one thing that you see frequently is uh politicians using cyber crime to kind of point the finger of blame at different mm. different areas and ge different geographies in the world right so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that people might see during this tax season. Unsecure file sharing is, is one thing that comes to mind. Yes. So this year, I think, is particularly unique, actually. So uh, I don't know about you filing your taxes, David, but I, I, you know, I have an accountant to file my taxes yep. just to take the burden away from me. Yep. And I think most tax accountants this year have moved to uh, a secure, a secured or unsecured, yeah, a file sharing system. So I, I no longer have to drop my paperwork off to their office. Right. I can scan the paperwork and upload it. Yep. Now, yeah, cyber criminals will, of course, jump on any change or any thing that happens. And suddenly, if they uh, if they can send you an email and saying, oh, you need to upload your tax uh, tax documentation here, then suddenly. You know, you've been scammed another way. But also, if your accountant isn't fully savvy with uh, cybersecurity, have they secured the file share, the legitimate file sharing mm. that you may be using with them right. in the right way? So, have they got two-factor authentication? Is the file st storage encrypted? Mm. You know, where's it being stored? In what country? Mm. You know, um, and all those sorts of things need to be taken into account. 
So you, before you upload any personal data, especially tax documentation, because it, it contains massive amounts of personal information mm. that cyber criminals can use against you, mm. you know, make sure that the system you're using is secure and don't use the same password you're using for everything else. Now, you also pointed out something there because this doesn't just, we're not just talking about your own personal computer or your own personal information. We're talking about how these people can target uh, businesses as well as people that that file your 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 taxes themselves those businesses as well are being targeted yes of course because they're holding uh, a rich amount of data on lots of different clients so mm -hmm. they are of course subject to cyber criminal attacks in the same way and now other things that uh, something that people should be aware of uh, that is uh, a a a fake tax return form Yes. So one of the things that cyber criminals will do is try and to glean more and more information about you. So if, if they can gather a profile on somebody, then potentially they can inflict identity theft. Mm. And identity theft is a very complex and difficult thing to recover from if you're an individual that unfortunately falls victim to this. Mm. So a fake tax form lands in your inbox or, or an email lands in your inbox saying, you know, we think you're due a refund. You need to fill out this form. And actually the form is being hosted on a, a bogus website right. and it's just data collection for a cyber criminal mm. to, to gather that information. Now what typically happens with some something like that, that, that group of cyber criminals might do the collection, then they go off to the dark web and sell or auction off that data they've collected obviously wow. not on an individual basis but you know by bucket loads of of victims unfortunately and that's how that's one of the one of the issues here right another example is uh, perhaps you mentioned an email but uh receiving calls i know that there was uh, a number of these that went around and i believe uh I think I, I may have gotten one of these. I know I've had, had a bunch of a, a, a few calls about you have to respond to this or, or criminal charges will be brought forward, those kind of things. People receive those kind of calls. But this in particular is, is a call from the Canadian Revenue a Agency that could be fake. Yes, and it's it's important to know that actually the yeah if if you're about to be arrested for tax fraud, they're not going to call you and tell you you need to file this in right. some urgent manner. Mm. Um, that's not how a tax authority is is going to communicate with you, especially if they think you're guilty of tax fraud. Right. Um, so any any call like that is probably fraudulent. If you suspect that call may be may be legitimate, the thing to do is actually to put the phone down and ring the tax authority back on the phone number on the tax on the CRA's website mm. and actually call them back and ask to speak to somebody. And, and the likelihood is they're going to turn around and say, that sounds like it was a scam mm -hmm. because it, it probably was a scam. Yeah. But unfortunately there's, you know, there are, there are people in society that actually once you put somebody on the phone with them and that person sounds nice and is understanding and, and has that conversation with them, that's excellent social engineering from the cyber criminals sec, uh, part because they're playing on the vulnerability and the emotion of the person on the other end of the line. Right. Now, you did mention just a moment ago that there was uh, some law enforcement action mm. Or, mm. with particular call centers that right. were running this type of uh, attack. Yeah. And you are correct. I think it was between uh, the FBI, the IRS, uh, so the US side, actually took big task with some 
some scams that were being run from India. And as I recall, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, they arrested something like 300 people mm. uh, that were par uh, part of that scam. So law enforcement does try and clamp down on this. And bear in mind, you know, you're in Canada with the CRA. This was the IRS. It's the same call centers mm -hmm. that, that ring Canadians and Americans. Mm. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And it is a pleasure to have with us here on the show today, Tani Anscombe. He is the Chief Security Evangelist at ESET, a global leader in IT security. And we're talking to him about that around this time of year because of the potential for uh, scammers to take advantage of us during tax time. And uh, Tony's here to help with some of the things that you might be aware of and how to protect yourself. Uh, one of those things, again, is uh, perhaps bogus COVID payment offers. How, how does that work, uh, Tony? Well, of course, governments have stepped in and offered businesses and, in some cases, individuals pay, uh, payments. Mm. So, you know, again, there's an element of data collection in here or there's somebody claiming that payment on uh, by fraud. Mm. So, again, cyber criminals, if, if you look at, if we look at actually COVID as a as an example, you know when the outbreaks happened in February March last year, when the world was kind of somewhat stunned by this pandemic that was about to hit mm -hmm. or was hitting, um, you know cyber criminals quickly jumped on that. They they sent out campaigns for uh, for more in, so places you could get more information because of course there was a lack of information. There was a mm -hmm. lack of anybody knowing, and we all wanted to know more. So cyber criminals use that as a topic. Then they move to offering you PPE and the things you couldn't buy in shops, you know, toilet right. rolls and such like, yeah. uh, which still amazes me. Um, and more latterly, you've seen COVID payments, a bogus COVID payment offers, and you're seeing vaccine scams mm -hmm. as well. So mm -hmm. the ability to, they're offering you, we can get you on the appointment list for a vaccine scam, or we can sell you an, a, a, vaccine, a, a vaccine that we can deliver to your home if you fill out this details and give us some money mm. so unfortunately covid is a is kind of like rich pickings for a cyber criminal because it's a very prevalent topic something that we're all willing to click on and engage with right personal information is also something else that you brought up that is very big in that area and you just talked about how that information can be gathered and then sold on the dark web is that an equal balance of things that that we find cyber criminals trying to go after or is is it more on the personal information side that people want to get that so they can use that or or trying to defraud of, of money it, it really depends it really depends on that particular cyber criminal mm. criminals campaign mm. i mean data collection is is a huge issue right. so and not just for identity theft, but also credential theft. Right. So if I can steal, for example, the credentials you use to log on to your your business network, then potentially I can then come and attack the business. Right. So it affects individuals and businesses alike. Right. Right. And one of the prevalent things actually in business is business what's called business email compromise. And this is where cyber criminals sit and watch how a business communicates to each other. They do their research on who's who in a business, and then they will launch an attack that tries to defraud the company of money. And what they'll do is, for example, email the finance team saying, you know, I'm the CEO, and it will look and feel like the CEO because they'll imitate the email. Hmm. 
and ask for a payment to be made to a company urgently. Mm. And unfortunately, these things become very sophisticated and a lot of businesses fall foul of this. Right. Now, let me give you an, a, a very extreme example of that that took place uh, in 2019. Cyber criminals used artificial intelligence to actually mimic a CEO's voice. And they placed a call to the finance department and asked for a transfer to be made. Now, as at that moment in time, the CEO was on a flight. So this is a cyber criminal that's clearly been in the business, in their network, mm. watching mm. their schedules and watching email and type of conversation. And the CFO of that business actually turned and said, it sounded like the CEO, even the melody of their voice. Right. So, and that shows how artificial intelligence and technology is, is at, unfortunately, at the hands of cyber criminals. Yeah. As I recall, it was about a quarter of a million euros. Mm. So it was a European company that got hit. Right. It, this all sounds very cloak and dagger as well as a very, very familiar. And when I mean familiar, I, I mean things like James Bond films and, you know, those kind of <laughs> things, right? Yes, yeah, and, you know, Hollywood do. That's right. what, and yeah. maybe that's what I was trying to say at the start. Hollywood give us this picture of cyber criminals and what they're like. Yeah. I'm not sure that's actually what they're like. But yes, um, it does sound that way. And when there's $6 trillion, according to the World Economic for, uh, Forum, you know, when there's $6 trillion on the table for cyber criminals, they, that's a lot of resource they've got at their hands, I'd both say. in technology and in, in individuals to go and uh, create this crime, unfortunately. I'd say. I'd say so, yeah. Wow, that's, that is a huge amount of uh, money up there for, uh, for the taking, I guess. Wow, when you think about it, that's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, the, I guess the bottom line is that uh, the everyday person is paying for it. Yes, and that's an interesting one because even when uh, companies get hit, we hear about major incidents at companies and data breaches and such like. So we hear about ransomware attacks against company X or company Y. And what we, what we often don't hear, which I think is really important to understand, is when a company has a data breach, the victim actually is their customer, is the, the victim who had their data stolen. Mm -hmm. Yes, the, comp the company is going to suffer reputational damage, etc. But it's the likes of you and I, their customer, who are going to end up having identity theft or scams targeted at us from the data that was stolen. Mm -hmm. So... It's important to understand this is a very personal crime. Yeah. And even when you sit there and go, wow, somebody had 300 million records stolen or whatever it might be, uh, we sit back and to a certain degree, I think, as individuals, we're slightly complacent. Actually, that data will be used against you at some stage. Um, in fact, I can give you a great example of that. Uh, British Airways had a data breach a couple of years back. I had booked a ticket on uh, for a fl for my son actually to travel, and at the time when they the data breach was prevalent, it, it and it was a it was a redirect off the checkout page. So somebody was grabbing the information while you were transacting, wow. um, and they took seven and a half thousand dollars out of a bank account. Mm. So it, it shows that even somebody in the cybersecurity industry can be become the victim, and mm. it's difficult to. To think about that, but the headlines in the paper aren't about my seven and a half thousand dollars. The headline in the paper is about a breach at British Airways, and yeah. we don't hear about the victim. And I right. think that's something actually the media could do a much better job at. Right, right. Well said. 
And so there are ways that uh, we can try to protect ourselves more. Uh, that is partly by, for instance, going to your company, uh, going to the, uh, the uh, programs that are available to download that we can put on our computer that can help us in, in some ways to protect our computers, protect our information, and give us a heads up on, on some of these things that could also, again, help others because, as you pointed off the top, uh, these, uh, these programs can then, because they're on the cloud, uh, can report back and use the computer services that you have to to upgrade and and, and improve things. Yes. So obviously, uh, as ESET, we have software that lives on the endpoint and can protect you in that way and in the cloud. You know, I'd recommend if you if you haven't looked at our products, come and come and look at them. But if if there's you know, and make sure that whatever anti malware software you run on your device, that it's actually in date, i.e. Don't, don't let it expire and make sure it is being updated and using cloud services in that way mm-hmm. to, to protect you. The other big tip that I I can't I can't get over enough when uh, giving somebody advice is make sure you turn on two-factor authentication. Right. Any service you have online, make sure it's switched on if it if it's available. So mm-hmm. that's the whether you receive the SMS, the phone, you know, yep. the the six-digit number or whatever it is that yep. you need to then log in with. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it gives a slightly longer process to log into a service mm-hmm. because you've then got to get the SMS, type in yep. the number, etc. Right. But that's one huge protection. Uh, Tony, anything else come to mind just before we finish up? Well, be vigilant. So if it's, yeah, I pretty much have the rule with my inbox: everything that lands in my inbox is fake. Um, so I never really click on anything in my yeah. inbox. I always go off and then log on directly to my bank account or my credit card account or whatever it might be. Mm. And I look for the messages directly. Yeah. So just don't don't click on links. Right, right. Well said. Tony, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and talk about this on our show today. Oh, my pleasure, David. Right. Well, you take care and have a safe uh, rest of 2021. And you stay safe. That is Tony Ascom. He is the Chief Security Evangelist at ESET, and that is a global leader in IT security software. And we've been talking to him about how you can protect yourself a little bit more these days in terms of the scammers that are out there, especially during tax season, and the ways that uh, you should be, as he said, be vigilant about making sure you protect yourself and using that uh, that double, uh, double security system that we now get uh, at Every time we log, try to log into something, uh, be sure to do that. It's been a pleasure to have him on the show, and it's always a pleasure to have you listen to our show each and every day. I'm your host, David Moses, and we're going to be right back with more right after this. <laughs> 